Adiom, everyone. It's Lisa Coffey, and we're here with Ancient Wisdom for Modern Seekers. We're in Camarillo live, which is great. And Swami Sarvadevananda Ji is with us again. We'll be taking up the Bhakti book, but we'll start with some chanting and uh, we'll have questions at the end. So feel free to join anytime. All right, I'm going to take it over to you, Swami. Okay. If you don't mind, I'll sit here so yeah, that if people not? come, I can let them in. Okay. Okay. So you're on. Okay. Should we start with? Should we start with a chant? As we have, you know, the printed copy already. We had it. Yeah. So this Sahanaavatu Vedic mantra. Om Sahana Bhavatu Sahana Bhunatu Sahana Viryam Karavavai Tejasvina Baditamasu Mavidvi Shabha Bahai Om Shanti 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 Om May He protect us both. May He nourish us. May we work together with great energy. May our study be thorough and fruitful. May there be no disharmony among us. Oh, peace, peace, peace. Now we'll have silent, even silence. And then we'll end with little meditation and then chant Om. Um, Ashatuma Sadhanaya Tamashuma Jodir Kamaya Mrityurma Amritam Kamaya 
आवी आवी मैवी रुद्रो यत्ते दक्षिणमुखम ते नमः पाहिनित्यम ओम शांति 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 from the unreal lead us to the real from darkness lead us unto light from death lead us to immortality reach us true and true ourselves and ever more protect us from ignorance by thy sweet compassionate grace om peace We are on page 76. Yes, we are in page 76. Now we are reading the Bhakti Yoga by Swami Vivekananda. And it is the chapter's name is The Naturalness of Bhakti Yoga and its Central Secret. So, meaning that Bhakti is very natural. Because we all human beings as our very nature we love something we love some object some person some ideology human nature is that love cat love dog love flowers the love is an inherent characteristic we associate with only the objects of the external thing but we don't see god but that natural tendency if it is directed towards god then it becomes bhakti ramakrishna's simple example that there is one lady who had her nephew and she loved the nephew but ramakrishna said uh, Think of God. How can I think of God? I love my nephew, and whole day goes to taking care of my nephew. And so, dear, why not think that that your nephew is Krishna, the baby Krishna? Think of Krishna and feed him. Then you will see. Love is spontaneous. Only when it is given a proper direction, then it can be spiritual. So that is the another was what. Goat, Sri Ramakrishna says that plan of a goat, sheep. So to to loving anything, that love is pure always. But because we don't understand which is the love of God, being attracted to the exterior of the object, therefore we don't get the spiritual benefit of it. So here, Swamiji is taking that subject. The naturalness of bhakti. Bhakti is very natural with us, spontaneously. So, and if we can just direct towards God, then it will be a divine love. Then, earthly love becomes divine love. So, Swamiji says here, from quoting from Gita, Arjuna asked of Sri Krishna, "One, those who with constant attention, twelve chapter, no, is the verse. Those who." With constant attention, always worship you, and those who worship the un undifferentiated, the absolute, 
of these who are the greatest yogis, Arjuna asked of Sri Krishna. The answer was given by Sri Krishna, what? Those who concentrating their minds on me, worship me with eternal constancy and are endowed with the highest faith. They are my best worshippers. They are the greatest yogis. Those that worship the absolute, the indescribable, the undifferentiated, omnipresent, the omnipresent, the unthinkable, the all-comprehending, the immovable, and the eternal, by controlling the play of their organs and having the conviction of sameness in regard to all things. They also, being engaged in doing good to all beings, come to me alone. But to those whose mind have been devoted to unmanifested, to the unmanifested absolute, the difficulty of the struggle along the way is much greater, for it is indeed with great difficulty that the path of unmanifested absolute is trodden by any embodied being. Samaji is just actually going to the verses of the 12th chapter, the very question. So he says that those who having offered up all their work unto me, with entire reliance on me, meditate upon me, and worship me without any attachment to anything else, they might soon lift up from the ocean of ever-recurring births and deaths, as their mind is fully attached. So this is the few verses of the Bhagavad Gita, second chapter, Swamiji uh, spontaneously translating this. But the question is that, the question was raised by Arjuna, which path is bigger? Path of the Vedanta, non-dual, or path of Bhakti? That is a simple question. The question said, those who with constant attention always worship me, and those who worship the unman, undifferentiated, that person who is worshiping the undifferentiated absolute, and those who are worshiping with devotion, love, affection, offering flower, incense, and doing all, all that. Who is greater? Both are struggling to reach the goal, but who you consider to be the higher than others? So, but Krishna was very intelligent. He does not say that he will go and he will not go. He said, he will also come to me. But Bhakta will also come to me. Gani also will come to me. But it is difficult for the people who have body identity, who day and night we think that I am the body, for them to take this path of non-undifferentiated, absolute, changeless, and non-dual state, very difficult to conceive because their mind pulls them to the body and body limitations and it's unlimited. So, but ultimately they also reach me. So the conclusion is that it is not the question of higher and lower. It is not made here. It is made the two paths, one of the bhakti with the love and devotion attachment, which is last word, has their mind wholly attached to me. If they do anything, uh, those who having offered up all their work unto me, so they are doing every day whatever they do as we do. But offering to God, we don't do. 
So he's saying if one can do all the work we do and offer it to God every day, every breath can be offered to God. Every, everything we do from morning till night we go to sleep, everything can be offered. So he's saying that means to do that you need constant remembrance. You always have to remember that I'm going to give it to God. I'm going to give it to God. No. So that's why I said, those who are being offered up all their work unto me with entire reliance on me. That means, you know, God is there and he trusts me that I will lead him to the freedom. Meditate upon me. So his work is dedicated to me. Entire dependence is on me. And he's meditating and worshipping me without any attachment to anything else. So I say, not an ordinary love then. It's such a love, all overwhelming love. It consumes everything else. All love turned towards the love for God. Working for God, offering the result to God, surrendering to God, total attachment to God, and no other thing. So this is, apparently seems to be very easy. Bhakta is easy. But this type of bhakta, it takes whole lifetime to be a bhakta like that. Who have nothing but God eh? as their support, as their service, as their offering, that is only truth. So that is the bhakta. And in that case, then if such is the devotee, then I soon um, lift up from the ocean of ever recurring birth. I will then pull him up from this ignorance and put him to. Eternal freedom. So Swamiji's explanation. This is the Gita. Huh? This, mm -hmm. this, this first page, what you read, this is Bhagavad Gita. Chapter, chapter, chapter. Chapter, he's already had that vision. Uh, 11 then, chapter vision. Yeah. And, and at the end of 11, he said, Arjuna says to Krishna, I am so devoted to you. And, and Krishna said, You are so dear to me. Mm -hmm. And then chapter 12 picks up when he asks more questions about, Okay, I'm so devoted. What do I do? What's mm -hmm. the best way? What is the best? Yeah. Because what I have seen that you are everything in you is a, the whole universe. 11th chapter is Vishwari Bodhartha. Is it that, not 11. 11. So 11th chapter, after having that Vishwari Bodhartha in him, everything is there. Then what shall you do? Then, hey, I saw what you saw, then what am I to do? Do your all work, thinking that you are doing for me. Keep your all mind in me and me alone. Like that, everything dedicated to me, dedicated to me, dedicated to me. And if you can do that, then it becomes the responsibility of the Lord to lift that ignorant soul to illumination and freed from the bondage of birth and death and coming and going again. So Swamiji said there, this Swamiji says here, Jnana Yoga and Bhakti Yoga are both referred to here in this 12th chapter. Both may be said to have been defined in the above passage. What is Bhakti Yoga? That is also defined. What is Jnana Yoga? That is also defined. Bhakti Yoga? has been a total surrender, mind totally attached to God, not attachment to any other object. But here, Jnana Yuga also, 
it, uh, his mind will be those who worship the absolute. How will you worship the absolute? The question, how can you worship the absolute? That means day and night thing, I am Atman. I am infinite. Eh? I am beyond all description. So that is the Vedantic way of thinking. Ahangramasana. Always say, eh? I am that, I am that, I am that. So both may be said to have been defined in the above passage. Jnana Yoga is grand. It is high philosophy. And almost every human being think, curiously enough, that he can surely do everything required of him by philosophy. But it is really very difficult to live truly the life of a philosopher. No? We may say, I am not the body. No? Ramakrishna said in one place, there is no kata, I mean, there is no prick, there is no thorn, there is no prick. That time I can say, I am Atman, I am Atman. But any thorn comes, any prick comes. Then, when we are pulled down to the body consciousness, then all these lofty ideas get smashed. We have failed there. Not that the theory is wrong, not that the philosophy is wrong, but we are not equipped for them. It's the difference between theory and practice. practice right. Or knowing and being, yeah. like we talked about the other night. Knowing right. and being. That's a very important point. You have to equip ourselves for that. It's a big philosophy, and that is the truth, only truth. But I am a, I am a body being. I am too much attached to the body, unconsciously, consciously. So many hundreds of years, uh, thousands of lifetimes, we are thinking, I am the body, I am the body. No? That's why that is the advice of Ra and Oshishta Dev to Rama. He says, Oh Rama, Janmantara Sato Abhasta. Janmantara Sato. Hundreds and hundreds of past before Janmantara Sato Abhasta. Oh Rama, Samshara Samstiti. That's why. People are attached to the samsara eh? and leave the samsara and think it is all. We all think it's my duty and I'm concentrated there only. And I have no time for anything else. But now you want to get out of it? Satu, chiru, abhyaso, yogeno, bina. Until analysis, you do abhyaso yoga. Repeated practice, repeated practice. Satu, chiro. Chiro means constant, long time, prolonged and constant thinking. Out, get out of it. Abhyasa. Satu, chiro, abhyasa, yogena, bina. Nakshiya, tekachi. Your this ignorance, this attachment will never get diminished. Never get lost. Because we have lovingly brought this bondage on us, for fun. And now fun has become a terrible uh, suffering. Uh, so you want to get out of it. So only path is the practice, practice, practice. That's why Gita also says, you want to reach me by Abhyasa Yogena. I repeatedly think, I forgot, I don't mind forgetting. I forgot now. 
so long. And now I remember. Oh, oh. So, okay, oh Lord, I did your work. I'm offering to you. Just remember. Just intermittent, constant. Whenever any mood comes, and whatever may be the point of time, just to touch the base. And then connecting with God, connecting with God, connecting with God. That should be the way we will be able to then disidentify with this and connect with God. So connecting with God will be so frequent that this, this side connection with the world will be less. But being, being in the world will think that I am doing for him. So when I am doing for him, naturally my connection goes to pleasing. I am doing for him means whatever we do, we want to please. People do in the office, they give the job, the boss gives some job, and they finish the job to please the boss. Boss is happy. So our everyday activity, our boss is God. So if you can think that I am pleasing him, only for his pleasure and no other purpose, then connection comes, love comes, attachment comes, and constant remembrance becomes natural. We are often apt to run into great dangers in trying to guide our life by philosophy. And many, many people are really listening to the lectures or Delta Vedanta lectures. It is really, when one side is a tremendous benefit, people are thinking, yes, I'm not the body. But how many of us are really ready in other aspects? To absorb this philosophy. That's why I said Gita uh, says also with Bhakti Yoga, Karma Yoga, Gana Yoga, Gita, Karma, Gana, and Dhyana. Bhakti Yoga, Dhyana Yoga, and Karma Yoga. In these three, rigorously working on this practice, mind becomes pure. And mind, when it becomes pure, this Vedanta sacrifice so quickly and the tremendous result can be found in their life that they bloom into that experience of life. So we are often apt to run into great dangers in trying to guide our life by philosophy. If people get really, they, they feel that nah, Vedanta says you have, do, you have to do nothing, is it not? What to do? You rigorously study Vedanta. What to do? No doing business. God is there and you are that. Nothing to do. Only acknowledge. Again, everything happening. It is body, mind, acting. I am not. Hang, hang on to that too. So if you say so, true. But can you conceive this really, really? No. There comes the purification of the mind. Chitta Shuddhi. That's why karma also is done. Chitta Shuddha Karma. All this karma, why the scripture has en enlisted this type of karma, karma yoga practice, to purify the mind. And purified mind will be the instrument for the revelation of the experience. This world may be said to be divided between persons of demoniacal nature who think the caretaking of the body to be, to be 
the be all and the end all of all existence. And there is another person of God, good godly nature who realize that the body is simply a means to an end, an instrument intended for the culture of the soul. Huh? So there, most of the people think this body, demonical people or asuric sampad, deva asura sampad, vivaga yoga, that chapter, verse 17 chapter 4, deva and asura sampad. What are the sampad? Assets of a divine nature person and asuri, that is demonical nature. Yeah, this is the Gita, chapter 16. 16. Chapter 16. The divine so, and the divine. Yeah. Sometimes it will not be demonic nature, but they are ignorant. Yeah. Ignorance. Like this, is, this is it. And they are doing a good job taking care of their family and for, I mean, whatever their duties are. But they, what is known in the Vedantic way or the scriptural sense, they divide two people, two categories. One, those who are body bound, say, Britro, the king of the demons. He was a good person. He went to his guru, as Indra also went to the same guru. And both of them went to learn about that Atman. The ignorance you are talking. They wanted to, to go to learn about Atman. And then Guru said, okay, you go to austerity, etc., etc., come after 31 or 32 years. After 32 years of austerity and all penance and all this, they came back and the Guru said, this is you, you are the Brahmana. Esha ta atma, this is the atma, apohata papma, where there is no sin, no bereavement, no touch of anything. Be jaro, there is no old age. Be shoko, there is no bereavement or um, what is called shoko, eh? grief. Be eh? shoko, be jaro, be papma. There is no touch of sin or ignorance. That is you. Okay, he's a good guy. And he came back. And then, beating up the drum in his kingdom, he declared, I went to my guru. And guru pointing out to the body, he said, This, which body? Not the emaciated body, austere body. That they do 32 years. Then Guru said that go and save and eat well and take rest and do. And then when he looks nice, and then he came back and Guru only said, Yes, Atma, pointing out, this is the Atma. And he really understood that. And I said, Okay, I go into Guru, and Guru said, Feed this body, nurse this body, enjoy life. So long you are here. So, and that becomes the, there, there comes the Asura, Deva Asura. Asura means that. In, in technical terms, those who are attached to the body too much. First, your normal survival, that's a different thing. But body, 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 then they, they cannot think of anything else. So they are called Asura. Sura are the divine, who focus on the divine. And Asura is that part is temporary and is getting attached to them. Ignorance, of course, is the cause. Yeah. Those, those who are attached to the body, but who are also involved in both acts. That is not giving freedom. So it, it, it's a different kind of an asura. Yeah. Better, better, but, better asura. But, 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 but,
but more kind-hearted students. <laughs> yeah, they're a little bit uh, one step up from yeah. the. <laughs> so I, they donate by saying like that. If you put my name in that um, donation thing, then I'm donating. Yeah. So, uh, well, I have I have friends who what person comes to mind when talking about this. Uh, he he's very charitable. He, he picks up uh, not just local charities but international charities. He's always trying to help people. Right? That's perfect. So, there's no doubt about the fact that he's very. I cannot place him into the category of. And Asura, uh, but because Swamiji says through hard bleeds for other uh, the spirituality develops. Oh, but Bali was very big dam chain, but Bali is Asura. Oti dane Bali was. That is because the body identity. I am somebody. Because ego, the last trace of ego should go away. That's the highest. That's not ordinary thing. But who is always living for himself? That selfish person. Versus who is giving away everything for but I am proud that I am a giver, good giver. That pride should not be there also. To teach that part, that was so much good side of it. Only one subtle part was there, the ego, that I am the best giver in the world. I am the best donor in the world. Who can don donate more money like that? And people should praise me. So that was the little expectation. And that's a very big thing in the spiritual life. That's even Vedanta. I am somebody. I am a Vedantin. That's also ego. I am a Bhakta. That's also ego. I am a Jogi. That's also ego. Your ego, I is still there. To abolish all total ego. That's the highest state. I think Bodhi may be categorically placed there. But Swamiji's idea, they are actually unconsciously developing their beyond body idea. See, why shall I give money to any poor person? Unless I feel that, oh, oh, that person is suffering, I should do something. Huh? You feel some affinity for them. That means you are feeling identity with that other person. So your expansion is happening from here to that person, to that person, to that person, expanding. Unconsciously, you are becoming body less of body consciousness. But actually, if it proceeds like that, it is much better than that person who Self centered and only thinking of his own eating, sleeping, and dying. Yeah, but there is a great, there is a great there also. Mm -hmm. And also, there is that Buddha story that uh, Buddha said that, no, another thing that said that I want to uh, give, please give me something. I'm in Buddha's name, I change everything. So, everybody, the king was giving something, the businessman was giving something, but Chukri Aungi. She was the nun in the end. She just hiding herself in the forest and took her last clothes and then gave it to the person. So that down when you are doing, you are giving your spare thing, excess. And it's essential, like you, for you, still you are giving. I think that also makes you better. Make it, it's fun when you look at them as that person as being. Yeah, so this is the point that Asura and Sura means, accordingly, it is the uh, Upanishadic idea. Those, because body identity means I am concentrated on here only. And this my limited span of existence, which I am having this body, 
and they nurture the body and they and they think of the body, they have no time to expand themselves beyond the body, which is changeful. So that is a wrong investment. Your love is invested in wrong area, where which is changing every moment and will not stay ultimately. You are investing your attachment and love there. Rather than invest that truth, which is behind that. That's the Vedanta idea. Or we call God. So we are apt to run into great dangers in trying to guide our life by philosophy only. This world may be said to be divided between persons of demoniacal nature. What are they? Who think of think the caretaking of the body to be to be the be all and the end all of existence. And there are persons of godly nature who realize that the body is simply a means to an end and instrument intended for the culture of the soul. They take advantage of this body. Really, see how, how blessed we are with this body. I have not this body. Can I go to my guru? Can I come to Belenmore? Can I see the Samis, Sadhus? No, if the body was not there. Uh, how? If the body was not there, can I read the book? Can I understand this, uh, the philosophy? So what he has given us great, is a great opportunity, boom. So it has given us so much opportunity to develop our spirituality. Mm -hmm. So the doctors, they take advantage of this body. They utilize the same body for God realization. At the same time, they're taking care of the body, yeah. not, not saying, oh, who needs a body? I have a soul. Yeah. You know, they, they're eating, putting in good foods and yeah. things like that. Even though whatever best they get, they say, the sadhus in the Himalayas, wandering monks all over India, they are not getting the food properly what they want to get, but they are not ignoring the body. Right. Because the body should not be ignored because it is God's temple, right? another way. So take the advantage of the body, God gifted body. Yeah. Uh, this mis abuse. Most right. of the people abuse the body by drinking, by drug, by whatever. Well, yeah, by also those people who lift weights so much and they tr they're so into their body, like they identify with the body so much. Or people who diet so much that so they're, that they're putting pain, their pain. body through pain. Yeah. 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 Even uh, Buddha also went through that stages, right? Austere, very severe austerity. Ignoring the body. That's why Gita yeah. says that it is not the way it should be yeah. middle path. But at panth. least the Buddha was doing it for a good reason. Yeah. You know what right, I mean? Right. Like, yeah, but there are several people who do that way too. Um, um, yogis, I mean. Right. That's a tradition, but that um, too much austerity is only in give you a good name that you are an austere person. Uh, I uh, several times report, told you that that I saw such austerity in people to get, what is the purpose? They want to be in next life. They want to be a king. They want to be something or somebody. So they're keeping their hands up all day and night. Right. And they're standing like uh, day and night, month after month, year after their whole leg has become swollen and losing water losing out of the leg. And the whole night they hang on uh, with a rope, uh, hanging a rope on the, on the branch of a tree, and they're putting their arms inside 
and hanging and standing like what is this for i know and then like in the catholic religion they have this self-flagellation where they whip themselves you know very orthodox Orthodox form of does this still exist self-flagellation oh yeah it's a very Uh, you know so these are uh, these austerities meaningless austerities no and torturing the body is not spirituality. Uh, torturing. Uh, can you see like that? Because it is that you can uh, sacrifice your body from, from something. So then you are capable of doing something for your mind also. Body wants this, you stop body from having that. Rather, you are pushing body some hardness. Similarly, mind also wants something. You put mind something in a hard way. That hardware, the limit should be there. It should be beneficial. If you yeah. can, if it takes us to God, everything is okay. Yeah. Mind control. Say mind, too much hearts on the mind. Those who are not trained to do that, they get out of mind. And psychological patient. Mm-hmm. How many people in the name of spiritual practice, they become psychologically uh, affected. Yeah. Uh, and I think there's a difference between being disciplined you know, and, yeah. and knowing, okay, I can, I can give up this time for my studies, you know, and I can give up whatever to go to temple and being a fanatic, mm-hmm. you know, you can be disciplined without being a fanatic about it. Yeah. That both both Jnana Yoga and Bhakti Yoga lead to the same path. I'm I'm seeing also a commonness thing that those who aspire to be devotees and those who aspire to live the Advaitic disciplines are both acting on faith. None of them, neither the Advaitin practitioner nor the Bhakta practitioner, has any deep connection with God in terms of I mean some name, but I'm, I'm not speaking of the average devotee. It doesn't have that. Mystic experience or devotional experience. So they are going by faith that I listen to this, I really believe in it, this is my practice. And that's the same thing for the Advaitin. So, in one sense, I see a commonness in that even though it's God of philosophy, it is also faith based as a practice. Now, every there should be the basic faith for every understanding. Suppose anywhere you go, so you must have a faith. And this is faith is not false because testified by so many sages and saints before. Mm-hmm. Even if our lifetime we are seeing Raman Mahasaya's life, we are listening to Vivekananda's life, Ramakrishna's life, direct disciples of Ramakrishna. So many saints outside also. They are experiencing the same. So it is, I have not experienced, but I am listening to some people who have already experienced. So I taking that as hypothesis, mm-hmm. for me it is hypothesis now. Mm-hmm. But I am moving in this direction and that basic faith is necessary for anything to come. Very fundamental, very basic uh, for any path. And also another thing, bhakti, we, we only think that love for some uh, definite object, like which is name and form, is called devotion. 
like I love Rama. Rama is an incarnation, or I love Mother Kali. Mother Kali is a divine form with four arms and this and that. I love her. But I love Vedanta. I like Brahman. Is it not love also? The same love. Only it is to the Saguna or to the Nirguna. Mm. So both are love. Love is an, without that love. Suppose someone is day and night thinking of Vedanta. How will you think of Vedanta unless you believe that and you love that? Your inclination will not be there to think about that Brahman, that Atman. Uh, so they are both faith. Uh, even we have the non-dual study, they are also the basic understanding is there is, should be some underlying love for that principle. So anyhow, they are so interconnected. No? That's why when you Swami Premeshananda has discussed in a four yogas, and there is given that see one how one is interrelated with the other. You know, Bhakti Yoga exclusive is the Bhakti pocket here, is the Jnana pocket here. It's not like that. They're all interconnected. Why I shall love Rama if I do not know knowledge that Rama is Suddha Brahma Paratparana? Oh, Rama is the highest of the manifestation of divinity. So I should have such images and understanding. Then I can love Rama. No. So there is, a, and then Jnana. Unless that Jnana is there, our love for Rama will be not the highest. If I know Krishna is better, so I'll go to Krishna. Why shall I go to Rama? But when you understand it is Rama is the manifestation of Satchidananda, and I love that Rama. So in that way we can move. So Jnana is dependent on Bhakti, Bhakti is dependent on Jnana, and the meditation. If you think of somebody, you love someone, you automatically think. Is it not? You think of you, you think of somebody. And you say, I don't love him. You love him, that's why you think him. Mm -hmm. Or you think him means there is a certain point of love or hatred. Hatred and love are not two things. Hatred is lower degree of love. <laughs> Our expectation level is this much. And this up, it goes love. Down, it goes hatred. <laughs> but this is the, the wave vibration, no? Light wave. Less vibration. And normal vibration and higher vibration. So light wave is there. So these are all interconnected in that sense. But we are, as you are reading the Bhakti Yoga book, there is more emphasis on the glory of the Bhakti. So what is the time? Yes, Ten minutes. Ten minutes, okay. So let me, let me answer. The devil, okay, the devil. The no. devil can and indeed does cite the scriptures for his own purpose. Mm. And thus, the way of knowledge appears to offer justification to what the bad man does, as much as it offers inducements to what the good man does. This is the great danger in Jnana Yoga. But Bhakti Yoga is natural, sweet, and gentle. The Bhakta does not take such high flights as the Jnana Yogi and therefore he is not apt to have such big falls. Until the bondage of the soul pass away, it cannot, of course, be free. Whatever may be the nature of the path that the religion, religious man takes. Mm. Okay, so my question is, 
the devil can. Who is the devil? Because they're everything's Brahman. So it's it, does he mean by devil oh, yeah, like devil. temptation or the material world or yeah, devil means body identified people. And the bhakti yogi is what he's saying. The devil can and indeed does cite the scriptures. The bad lawyer. Yeah. Uh, they uh, knowing fully well that giving some argument and justification for which is not true. Right. So that is the devilish action. So he's talking yeah. about that. But there's no like devil. No, absolutely. <laughs> no, if you, uh, Asuras. Okay. Uh, subjectively we justify as also um, say political standing go on. People are good people. They are doing good to the world and thinking of the good, but they justify certain things which is not proper. Right. That's a devilish The motivation is to win the election. Right. Uh, or to uh, make money. Or, uh, to, or to make money. Yeah. Or something. See, Personal all, interest. Uh, all, goes, uh, all goes round around that body identity. So the, 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 the path of the followers of the path of knowledge, that is the point. Followers of the path of knowledge, they quote scriptures to justify them. Huh? You have to justify the Upanishad. So all the, the um, uh, Vitro or other um, big demons, huh? Ravana, was he less learned person? Yeah. Huh? So what a talented person. But he used the argument in the wrong direction. Having all these qualities, but that very fine argument they get into it and direct their whole understanding in the wrong direction. Did he argue so, that he was a good person? Oh, no, no, he's not good at oh. the, his, his, his chant for uh, Shiva Tandava mm -hmm. composition. Go for what a devoted person is he for the Lord Shiva. Uh, you know and he was a Rama. child specialist. He wrote a book, one Ayurvedic doctor told me that um, he wrote a scripture that from age zero, like one Lord, day, yeah. one day to 12 years, every day from what symptom seeing the babies, you can tell that what is the problem and what Ayurveda should be good for that person. Yes, Ravana that baby. wrote that? Why, that whole, I do not know. Yeah. He said that I was I so surprised to hear that, that I wrote the name of the scripture that Ravana's that book. Still, they follow it. Only he misdirected. He misdirected his knowledge. No, even even see the greatness of the Ravana. Ravana said that when Are Ravana, why are you going to <clears throat> captivate the mother Sita and you are not getting? Why not you go before her in the, taking the form of Rama's form? Right. And they can take any form they like. Then what she said, what? To think of Rama? Huh? Is there any interest for anyone to, to go to, uh, what do you call, to induce one Sita? Mm -hmm. to, if I think of Rama, then I, everything, the whole world becomes meaningless. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't then the gospel, gospel of Ramakrishna. If I think of Rama, yeah. 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 the whole world is wealth oh, and yeah. prosperity. Yeah, they said, on all you, can, 
you can, Ravana, you can magically turn yourself into Rama right. in order to get Sita to love you. Why don't you just do that? Okay. And he said, no, because if I turn into Rama, I'll be so pure and devoted. I won't have any lust for Sita at all. Okay. Yeah. The whole world will appear to be meaningless. And what, what the question of one woman I'm craving for? Knowing fully well, Durjodhana. See, these are not ordinary people. And he says, I know what is dharma. Yeah. I know what is adharma, but I am not inclined to do <laughs> <laughs> and refrain from adharma. So, see, so they're all knowledgeable, but their buddhi is such diluted that it takes them in the wrong direction. Is it the intent that governs, you know, what is purpose? purpose. See, you can do the same austerity. We are doing the same homophile. You see, I cite this example. When you do every Rama, Ramakrishna Puja, Madha Puja, Makali Puja, whatever Puja Bedramot does, we do the Sankalpo. Why am I performing this Puja? For the spiritual growth and development of the, all the monastics, monks of the Ramakrishna order, and also for the spiritual growth and development of all the devotees, so that they grow in love and devotion and all this. But you can do Sankalpo. I am doing this for my cure of my son, or I am doing it for my prosperity of my, I will win this case for that purpose I am doing. I will go to heaven, I am doing this. Sankalpa is the action, it has its force, it is a power. You do some ritual, there is some power and it will produce some result. But what result you are asking for? Someone is saying, Ma, I don't know, need anything. Give me devotion and love. Ramakrishna day and night crying for that. No, I don't understand anything. I don't want anything. Only give me Shuddha Bhakti, pure love for you, and un untainted by any lust and greed or anything. No. Well, and is it also that rather than you know ask or demand for something, we should approach God or Mother or Ramakrishna as you know best, best and whatever you decide, I'm you okay did. with because I trust you, I have faith in you. Yeah, you give me. Yeah. Yeah. You give that me is, what is best for me. That is the Nishkama Bhakti. That is going towards the Nishkama Bhakti. I need something, but what is my need, I do not know. You please take care of it. You guide me. You hold me. You give me whatever is needed for me. So this is the... But the Bhakti Yoga is, a, is natural. It is sweet. It is gentle. The bhakto does not take such high flights as the gyano, gyano yogi. Therefore, he is not apt to have such big fall. You know, I give the Vedantic path of hiking, is a, what do you call the mountain hiking, in rope mountain, rope, uh, what do you call it? Oh, yeah. Rope mountain. Yeah, mountain climbing. Rock mountain climbing. Rock climbing. Rock climbing. Rock climbing. Eh? Rock climbing. Rock climbing with the rope. Yeah. And when you are Climbing, you will go fastest because others are going this way, that way, that way, that way to reach the cliff. Bhakti path is like that. But Ganapath, you are going that. But how careful you should be. Every step you are doing, you cannot look at any other thing. That's why renunciation of everything is needed there because you're full at it. Otherwise, if you lose, you fall and you break yourself. That's Your fall is much. That's a great analogy. That's greater. a really good analogy. Uh, yeah. And otherwise, I, as I give the example, Bhakti Yoga is like taking a flask 
and some cookies and some munching things yeah. and going there and we go up, up, have some scenic route and we see and stop there and have some fun <laughs> how beautiful click 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 some photograph <laughs> but you cannot take a camera while you're rock climbing <laughs> and that's why he somebody saying the fall is much because vedanto is wrongly understood and wrongly directed, this Vedanta will be a damaging thing. Very, uh, the intellect which is sharpened, sharp intellect, but it takes not to God, but to the other direction. Uh, it will not give the net result. So in that race, bhakti is much safer. Until the bondage of the soul pass away, it cannot, of course, be free, whatever may be the nature of the path that religious man takes. So, take back Gyanapayat or Bhakti path, but until the bondage of the soul goes away, then there is, is uh, people will have to follow. Yeah. Okay, we can yeah. end here. Yeah. Then there, and book get back to our chance. Kumara Tantra. Kumara Tantra. Kumara Tantra. Kumara Tantra. Kumara Tantra. Ravana's book on that He's the, uh, he's the world's first Tantra. Oh, I got it. And it's called Tomorrow Tantra. And everything information. Then he wrote another book, Arka Prakash. There he wrote that what one. Prakash? Arka, Arka means the sun. Arka, 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 Arka Prakash. Prakash. The sun? Uh, Arka is sun. Oh, oh. A-R-K-A. Arka is uh, so he sun. Said that no, no. Arka means essence. Like, or maybe they or, that also. Arka, Arka is the sun. Sun, the sun. okay. Maybe, maybe uh -huh. there are many. If, if you read this one a little bit, then you read out. Read out loud. Long ago, there lived a king, Ravana, who was extremely knowledgeable in various fields, such as aeronautics, alchemy, architecture, astrology, astronomy, cooking, Varma, Varma, which late evolved into acupressure, uh, music, etc. Above Ooh. all, he was also an expert in Ayurveda, particularly pediatrics. Mm -hmm. This is the reason people equated him as a ten-headed person. Wow. He was well-versed in the uses of various herbs. Probably to build a stronger and healthy childhood was one of his agendas. He invented an innovative way to extract herbs so that it can be given to anyone. He soaked various life-supporting herbs in a liquid. Generally, we know when we boil vegetables, most of the nutrients contained in it will be evaporated. To avoid this wastage of nutrients, he collected the vapor back through a distillation chamber. Hmm. Now these droplets has the core nutrition of the whole raw herbs. Rather than eating those raw herbs, taking this few drops did the hmm. same job. Truly an innovative way during those times. The collected droplets is called as Arka, A-R-K-A. -A. And the yeah, instruments he used was called as Arka Yantra. Now you know stories behind the Arka that you get along with uh, Swarna Prashana. It is very useful for improving grasping power, 
memory, intellect, and speech, and correct aberrations of emotions, mood, and personality of an individual. Used in treatment of mental retardation, speech disorders, insanity, epilepsy, etc. Your doctors are the best people to advise it. There is a strong argument that his descendants have traveled all over the world, which includes Egypt and the Mayas. This distillation process was further evolved by various people around the world. The word arak, which means distilled alcoholic drink, must have been rooted from arca, which means distilled herbs. It's said that at the request of his wife, Mondodari, he authored this arca technique book technique in a book called as Arca Shastra. This covers wealth of herbs during those times, their dosage cures to some of the complex diseases. In another book <laughs> called as Arca Prakasha, he states Arca as one of the Panchavida Kashaya Kalpana, Kalpana. <laughs> um, and is said to be the most potent. Arca Prakasha is an extraordinary work on tinctures that would cure wounds instantly. Unlike the conventional capsule, which takes at least half an hour to assimilate into our system, herbal tinctures enter the bloodstream within minutes. His other book is called Kumara Tantra, an incomplete poetical work dealing with metals and their calcinations. He covered in-depth details about taking care of mothers and expected mothers. It deals with various pediatric problems such as hiccups, vomiting, dysentery, diarrhea, ulcer, teething, blah, 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 blah. And he <laughs> mastered the art of pulse diagnosis. Wow. Wow. Who would have known? I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. we do it here too. There's Ayurvedic practitioners in the US all over the place now. Yeah. He, he was a, a great, not a politician, but like, but like a statesman who could manage a country well. Mm. And so on his death, their drama went to learn. Yeah, uh, the statecraft. See, after Ravana left Sri Lanka, what is the condition now? <laughs> <laughs> so it seems like even if, even if it's some bad guy, right? They may have <laughs> There's nobody who's all bad, right? Mm. Even if it's somebody, what there there's some purpose to their life. There's something yeah. that they're supposed to be here yeah. to do. Good. Yeah. But I think that the 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 essence of the story about Ravana is that because of learning, and maybe even because of devotion, doesn't necessarily bring you on the spiritual path. Uh, I mean, it, 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 you intention, think so. you intention. Think so. You want to. He was a raja, king, and the, you know the the the, uh, the gold and jewelry and the Sing Ceylon is most prosperous yeah. country and developed into the. Richest, uh, uh, yeah, what is called financial, uh, financial condition uh, was during his time. So very rich so country, rich gold country. And gold. So do you think the reason he had that lust for Sita was he just had an Achilles heel, no, like he had a, a weak spot? No, or? all these things have, but it is not. Did see we went to Shiva, and Shiva won't give them uh, blessings. For his immortal life, or no one can kill, no God can kill, no demon can kill, these, that. He didn't think about man. He's such a powerful person. What a man, human being, this guy. 
What did care? He never mentioned the name of man. <laughs> but he mentioned about the demons, about the dire, big guys and gods, and no one will be able to defeat him. These are the bones he asked from Shiva. That was his purpose. I will live here. I will rule the country. That was the idea. I. And Ravana was I, I, I. That's, a, that's why I was cut. <laughs> so that is the major problem of, of ego. ego. And that is Vedanta also. It's wrongly applied. I, 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 I. So that's our lesson. from. That is the lesson. But it's, it's a very highly advanced person. But the one stuck into their last drop. I will be king. I will compete. I will be ruled. No one can defeat me. No God. No heaven, heavenly God. Down to the demon can touch me. I am such powerful. No one can kill me in air, these, that. And, and that's why only you are killed by Rama. Right. God has to come down in the human form. Mostly <laughs> ignoble size to a Rakshasa who can take any any form, any any stage, and mm -hmm. such reach, such knowledgeable person. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, so let us conclude our class here, and we'll chant as we do. Tamiva-tamiva-sarvan-mama-deva-deva-om-shanti-shanti-shanti-hi-hari-hi-om-tat-sat. Thou alone art my mother, thou my father. Oh, that, that, that tune will not come. This words are different. Uh, the same tune, uh, our Akhandapana has done it, English correction. The same tune. Thou my mother, thou my father, thou my friend and companion, thou my wisdom. Thou my knowledge, thou art all in all, O God of gods. But anyhow, thou alone art my mother, my, my father, father art thou alone. alone. Thou alone art my friend, my companion art thou alone. Thou alone art my knowledge, my wealth art thou alone. Thou alone art my all in all, O God of gods. Oh, peace, peace. Um kaye novacha maneshindya irva buddhyatmanava prakite svama arumijadyat sakalam parasmai narayanayeti samarpayami Um shanti 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 Whatever we do through our body, speech, mind, senses, intellect, soul, or through innate natural tendencies, all that we dedicate as an offering to the Supreme God. Oh, peace, peace, peace. Thank you all. Thank you, everyone, for being with us. We will say good night to you now. Thank you. Oh, stop. Okay, bye-bye.
Thank you, Jaima. Thanks, Jaima.